0: This podcast may contain coarse language. Listener's discretion is advised. Also, this podcast will obviously contain spoilers for Demon Slayer. Please beware, listen at your own risk.
1: Welcome to the Demon Slayer Podcast. I am your host, Gdz, and with me today I have Marion. What's up? Also with us today is Sakaki. Yo, yo, what's up? And last but not least, we have Lum Ramayasha.
2: Yeah, I'm here overflowing with podcasting intent. Like magma erupting from a volcano.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, a great uh, comparison to this chapter. And uh, this was quite a chapter. Um chapter 187, and uh, we we, uh, started diving into Yorichi's kind of past in the previous chapter, and this one kind of just continues that.
3: Yeah, uh, the first uh, page, we got the instead of like a regular cover page, we uh, like you said, continue straight into the flashback uh, chapter 187 innocent person, and uh, yeah, we have like a, we have a portrait of Muzan here facing, I guess Yorichi. Uh, I love the like, the, the pattern on his hakama, or kimono.
2: Very detailed.
3: And the, the narration continues. He was overflowing with violent intent, and he strongly resembled magma erupting from a volcano. And bo- he boiled and seethed as if uh, he was going to consume everything. I, I really like that uh, expression. It's so menacing. And just, like, his hand, like... I guess it looks like it's beckoning.
0: Is There's is there something very serene, but very much evil about this picture of him, yeah. in yeah. This first page. <laughs> and then,
3: uh, as we flipped, uh, we get a, a wide shot, uh, with Bamboo as we see the confrontation, and Muzan says, I am no longer interested in swordsmen who use breathing. And upon saying that, he lashed out, uh, he uses the the moves that we've, we've seen, like, in present day, where he, like, extends his arms with blades and stuff, and uh, uh, he had a, a fearsome speed and a long reach. as Yurichi dodged, uh, he heard the bamboo splitting and falling at a considerable distance behind him. so we just just see the, the extent of Muzan's range is like absurd. Um, Yurichi says uh, I sensed that even a single scratch would kill me. so for the first time in his life I felt a chill going down his spine, even though his expression has not changed at all. <laughs> <laughs> Very stoic. yeah And then uh, the next page was like a, kind of a shock to me uh we see like a like a see-through image of muzan where he had seven hearts and five brains and in that moment uh, uh yorichi completed his sword forms because he's like oh this is what i need to do now this is what i need to to, to hone the the form to it's like it's it's peak or whatever but like this is so specific like Seven hearts and five brains. I was not expecting this at all, even though, like, it makes complete sense.
2: How do they fit all in that body? I have to wonder. So, like, you can see them in there, though. They're all just like Yeah, kind of but no, there. realistically, like, they have to be really crushing against his muscles and his bones.
1: Yeah, probably, but he's, like, a demon, so I guess, like, his physiology is, like, not necessarily, like... Yeah, but then how are all the nerds connected? Like,
2: seven... Heart's five brains, like, why does he need so many backups? Because like, how Muzan- is information parsed through the five different brains? Is there one brain for specific tasks? Is one brain just for eating? Is one brain just for being evil and scheming evil schemes? Is one brain just for, I don't know, walking? Like, why so many brains?
1: This is why Muzan has the galaxy brain.
2: I suppose so. He has a—he uh, he has even more brains than this. There's so many stars in the galaxy. His number of brains must be infinite. He is truly the most brainy demon there is.
3: You can really call him the mastermind behind all the demons.
2: Yeah, and despite being so cruel, I guess he must have a lot of heart.
3: <laughs> that, was, that was great, and I loved it as bad as it was, too. <laughs> and, uh, well, immediately uh, after... Uh, narrating that Yorichi has completed all his sword forms uh we flipped to like the first double page spread in a while and it's basically like he slashed at almost all of uh was it all of them all of uh, uh all of muzan's like vital points all of his hearts and uh brains like that was like that was pretty sick like you could follow the the trail of fire around to see exactly like in what direction he slashed because it goes like around his body from the back and then to the front yeah it's
1: kind of it's kind of like a vortex motion
3: yeah it reminds me a lot of the the striking tide move that uh the, the water breathing does yeah yeah actually yeah no i see it and uh tanjiro's uh still witnessing the flashback going oh the complete form so he's in the 13th and he wants to know so hopefully he'll parse from like this this part of the fight uh what he needs exactly to complete the the thirteenth
0: form? Yeah, hopefully. I mean, this is what I mean, this is basically what he's been hedging towards this entire flashback. So hopefully, he learns something from this. But yeah, we go to the next page, and even with all of his brains, Mozan's like, uh, "I'm not regenerating. This is this is new." <laughs> like, and it's to a point that his whole body's been sliced up to a point that he's having to actually keep his head on his shoulders. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs>
2: Holding it up with his stump of a arm, too. Like, one of his arms is, like, cut. All, both his arms are, like, cut off, so he has to hold them up with the stumps.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, as powerful as he is, he just got sliced down to size, literally. <laughs> so, yeah, Yorichi's like, yeah, okay, so that worked. I should write that down, maybe. <laughs> and he, But he was like, okay, but before, before I kill you, there, there are a couple questions I have to ask. And then, you know, he asks, he's just like, what's the value of a life to you? You know, Musan doesn't really answer him. He just sort of gives him a look. But his face turned dark red, and he was just, you know, Yorichi's like, did he not hear me? And he looked at the girl, and now, I mean, up until, we're all pretty sure this is Tamayo, and of course it's, you know, confirmed. But yeah, I mean, he just dresses her as the girl. And she's just—he's just commenting on her actions, which is that she's not trying to help him. In fact, she's just kind of staring, like, "Oh my god, that guy just did it!" <laughs> 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 like that's, and you know, Yorichi comments that you know she doesn't look like she wants to help him. In fact, she's leaning forward, and her eyes are full of hope. Like again, like oh, somebody actually beat him. Oh, that—that's new. And so he was like, "Okay, well, she's not a problem right now, so let me deal with him." And took a step towards him, and then Muzan grinds his teeth and explodes.
1: As all Muzans do. <laughs> like
0: he, Yeah, he just hit self-destruct and, I mean, although it didn't hit Yorichi, was still super effective, because he could only cut a little bit. There are 1,800 scattered pieces of flesh, and Yorichi was able to cut 1,500, which I think that's pretty good, actually.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, hit ratio. Yeah, that's show. like 1 out of 6. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's
3: such a jojoism with like the specific numbers and like oh yeah no he had 18,000 pieces of flesh but uh, uh slightly more than 1500 i was able to cut down and it's like this is so like it feels like useless information cuz it's just like highly specific for no reason <laughs>
0: <laughs> it kind of hit me up, reminded me of Hunter Hunter, but then you know Togashi is very much inspired by JoJo, so you're probably right. <laughs> so, like, but this seems like something Togashi would spend the whole page talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's happening in like slow motion or whatever as the narration goes. Yeah, exactly. That 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 feels more like a Togashiism. But again, since he's inspired by JoJo, then you're probably more right to make that, that to make that comparison. But anyway, he cut that many. The court many pieces were too small. So he was like, enough of it, enough of pieces were able to make up a human head. And Yorishi's just kind of standing there. The girl just, she's just like, basically crap. She just collapsed to her feet. You almost beat him. You know, he was, so he's probably overcome the weakness of being beheaded. She's just freaking out about this. Like, dude, you had him. You had him. <laughs> And she's like, I wish he had died. And, you know, I wish Muzan had died. And then then she was like, wait a sec. Oh, I'm actually not dead. This is. Huh.
1: Yeah, I think like she's saying Muzan's name here. Because, like, if we remember earlier in the series, like, if you said his name out loud, you would just die. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was yeah. A- oh, OK. Yeah, that's true. Where
1: she's surprised she's not dying. Yeah, she <laughs> was she was attempting to commit suicide there.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, see, there you go. That's why it's good to do this podcast. I actually didn't think about it that way, but that's true. Yeah. She's like, well, oh, wait, I didn't die. And then, you know, then she starts talking to him and then he's the progenitor of the demons and he would probably never come back because, you know, Muzan's smart enough to know when, and, yeah, I, I shouldn't mess with this guy. <laughs> so she's, so now she, the girl's freed and he asks her, you know, Hey, would you mind help me out? At first she's like, no. then she agrees. And this is where we find out, finally, you know, she's Tamayo. Of course, most of us knew that. Except for Tanjiro, who's like, wait, what?
2: Yeah, I guess he didn't recognize her. So, so do we know, like, the full history between Tamayo and Muzan?
1: No, not really. All we really know is that Muzan turned Tamayo into a demon... And then Tamiyo killed her own family, and now Tamiyo wants revenge on Muzan.
2: It's very interesting that it seems like Tamiyo was traveling with Muzan for a while. Perhaps because he had the whole, you know, I can kill you at any moment thing, she was kind of reluctantly forced to be his subordinate. Kind of like Kagura to Naraku with Inuyasha, where Naraku literally held Kagura's heart in his hands.
0: I feel like it's something like that, and then, you know, she probably looked at it as, as a chance, like, okay, I could rebel, and he could kill me instantly, or I could wait around, and maybe I'll either, either I'll get the chance to kill him, or somebody else will. And, you know, the latter happened, but unfortunately, he got away.
2: Mm, a very Kagura way of thinking. Though so, honestly, like, this chapter, like, moves on splitting into all these pieces, and then getting away, it... Was very reminiscent of Naraka to me. That is, that is
1: a super Naraku
0: thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a Naraka move.
1: <laughs> that
2: was pretty much what happened uh, in the lead up to the Band of Seven arc. Like, Naraku got cut to pieces and then he headed up to Mount Hakurei and then he like molted for a long ass time in the mountain <laughs> until he got a new body. Clearly Muzan's been collapping with Naraku. <laughs> they must have shared notes about regeneration and forming the perfect body.
0: Or, I mean, or Musan reads in Yuyasha. I mean, either way, <laughs> he learned a few things. But yeah, um, Yorichi finds out that his older brother had become a demon from th- the comrades that are rushing to him, and he's like, oh.
2: Yep, and then, uh, unfortunately, Yorichi gets chewed out by all the other demon slayers. He's just blamed for everything. He didn't beat Yuzan, he let Tamayo escape... His brother became a demon. None of these are really his fault, but of course they need a scapegoat, they need someone to blame, so they pick on Yorichi, and they even tell him to kill himself. Like, they're real, being real mean here. Uh, but luckily, like, his master, who had just become the leader at age six, so man, they really forced the children to take on leadership responsibilities really young really burden them young with responsibility. Very unfair. But yeah, you know, he said nope, he's not gonna let Yoruichi commit suicide and Yorichi felt guilty about burdening a suffering child who just lost his father and Tanjiro's reacting all this and saying, It's not your fault, Yoruichi, no, this is your fault. And then we cut back to Yoruichi talking with Tanjiro and continued conversation basically going on about you know, he believes he was born with special strength for defeating Muzan, but he failed because he was lacking, and he feels really guilty about that because he thinks more people are going to die from now on, and it really pains him. Like, he feels real guilty about it, and...
0: Something something I wanted to point out here is that, even though he's saying all this, he's still sitting her just sort of like, yeah.
2: Well, actually, I feel like in his eyes, just, like, the soul, like, the way his eyes are drawn in terms of, like, the how they are shaded. Like, definitely the the glassy feel of it feels like he's kind of despondent. He's in despair here because, you know, he's just thinking to himself, like, man, I really messed up and I've caused all this pain. Like, you know, he's not tearing up, getting emotional, but you kind of feel like he's just internally suffering inside.
0: That's what I mean. It's like, I'm not necessarily saying, oh, he feels nothing. I'm just saying it's, Definitely in comparison to later this chapter where we do see emotion, which I won't detail too much, it's just interesting to me that here he's still kind of mm, – he's still kind of more restrained. I mean, yeah, inside he's definitely suffering, but it seems like it's not he, – he's not outwardly emotional, mm-hmm. but which I just found interesting in comparison to later, but um, – Enough for me.
2: I really like the panel where Yorichi is saying because of that, many more people will die from that on. And it's like we see the face of the little girl. And I like it because it's a funny, to me, it's an amusing contrast. The little girl clearly does not understand anything this guy is talking about. So her blank expression is really amusing to me. But also, like, his sentiment is kind of appropriate because it's implying, you know, because of his failure to defeat Muzan. Uh, people like this little girl are now at risk of, you know, being preyed upon and killed by demons. So it's a very clever panel there, I thought. But anyway, Tanjiro doesn't know how to react to this. Or rather, his ancestor whose body that he's inhabiting Sumiyoshi. didn't know what to say to this. Yes, yeah, Sumiyoshi. But Tanjiro is thinking to himself that, man, so many things happen to Sumiyoshi. And he himself can't think of any words to offer. He's tearing up now. He's thinking his answer to Miyoshi might say something, but it doesn't happen. The silence continues for a while. It must be quite awkward than just like sitting in silence thinking like oh what to say next. Uh but Nanjo is thinking, well I want to do something. He came here to talk to me because he's hurt, so I need to think of some way to and just when you know he's trying to think about this, you know, he's uh his co his co- like uh the little girl pulls on Yoruchi's Coat and very cutely says hug. I just love this panel here. Like, it kind of takes both Tanjiro and Yorichi at back. I like just how matter of factly the little girl says hug. It's very adorable. And then Tanjiro immediately picks up on, oh, this could be a good situation. So he asks uh, Yorichi to hold the kid, you know, because. You know, she'll be happy if you lift it high. And uh, is much taller than Sumiyoshi, so, you know, they'd really enjoy that. And so Yorichi kind of picks up the little girl and then it's just holds her there. Another very funny panel where he's just looking blankly. And then with a flip, lifts her up high. And then in the next panel, we hear the kahaha laughter.
1: Yeah, so on the next page, uh, we see some of Yoshi's, like, daughter, just, like, being really happy, lifting, uh, being lifted, like, high up into the air. And this actually evokes, like, emotions in, like, Yorichi. Like, he starts crying, which is really shocking. Like, you can just see these two bottom panels on page 16, where, like, the complexion on his face, like, that stoic uh, expression that he always has, just breaks apart. And he just starts bawling, and uh, when Sumiyoshi's wife comes back from getting chestnuts, he's just on the floor, like, crying and holding uh, Sumiyoshi's daughter, like, in his arms, like. Yeah, great panel, great use of white space to indicate,
2: like, the sunlight, and just depict, like, such a poignant scene without the use of color, just through uh, the contrast of whites and black here. Really, really artfully done.
1: Yeah, it also just like really just conveys all this like great emotion. And like, uh, Sumiyoshi's like wife kind of like runs up to Yorichi and like tries to cheer him up. And he's like, I'll feed you a nice big meal. <laughs> and, uh, we kind of end the chapter here with Tandro saying, I know I'm in the middle of a fight and that Yorichi died hundreds of years ago, but I can't help but wish that his heart will find even a little peace. He's wiping away his, his tears during the final battle. I just want to go back to page
2: 18, like the top panel, where we see Yorichi like hugging... The little girl just the little girl's impression <laughs> again this blank impression that she doesn't know like what's going on here why these guys hugging her like this and so it's just not what you wanted want i love throughout this chapter this little girl does not know all the deep emotions going on with yoruichi she's just like totally blankly like being in the scene reacting
0: to him yeah, her expression is like, dude, I just want to be lifted up. I, I didn't mean all it. I'm not sure what's going on. I didn't
1: come here for the emotions. I came here for those good, high quality
3: hugs.
0: like, dude. Yeah, you, you can. Mm, I'm not sure. Hey, Dad. You Dad, said hug. Dad. Is this not what you wanted? Is this not what you asked? I need an adult, Dad. Another adult, not you. You're, you're not working <laughs> out. <Dad. laughs> Crazy. But it, it is. It is just like it, it's both cute and just. It is kind of telling just just you know how kids just are just that innocent and everything like she just wanted she just sees this guy. she's not sure what's going on with him. she just wants to she just wants to hang out with him and then he breaks down crying. it's just awk. <laughs> yeah, but man, man, this chapter like
1: it's it doesn't like it explain a lot like there's still a lot of different mysteries that we have with Muzana and Yorichi. but it really kind of lets us see Yurichi as a human being. I feel a lot. Of what we've learned about Yurichi until now has kind of just been like, okay, he's this all-powerful demon slayer that, like, basically created every single breathing technique, but he was still a human like everyone else. He made mistakes, and his strength didn't solve all his problems, and that that broke him down inside, and seeing him, like, start just, like, crying at the end of this chapter just really hits you, and it's just like,
3: wow, he he went through a lot even like last chapter uh when we got like the the info dump or whatever of like okay and this happened after i left my house and like I uh, fell in love with this girl or whatever but she got killed and so did the the, the, ba- the unborn baby we had we didn't even see we he said like oh i was i was there for like 10 days or like a week or whatever but like we didn't see any kind of like emotional breakdown like uh like the way that we do in this chapter and i feel like that's the kind of catharsis that we're finally going to get like that we are finally getting uh because it feels like well up to this point it's obvious that he's been like kind of emotionally stunted because of his whole like the way how he can't really relate to other people because of like his vision and like how how he experiences the world or what, and whatnot but like like b was saying this is like him finally being like humanized and like having like a a moment where this is this is Yorichi the person.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of, part of the way I see it is like, like you said, he can't relate to other people and I feel because of that, he feels like he doesn't have the right to act human himself. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that vibe. Yeah, I I, I kind of I agree with that. It's like because you know we the the act of being human is actually somewhat learned. <laughs> like so, since he was never, I'm not gonna say so much. He wasn't treated like a human being. I mean, his upbringing didn't really facilitate that well. And then he has you know this unique ability. So he's always kind of lived his life as like kind of on the fringe of it, like. He, you know, he knows what humans do, and he's seen humans, and he's been with them, but he's like, he's never really had the opportunity to be facilitated into acting human. But then, like, you know, I mean, he lost his family, and again, as Marion said, there was no real show of him actually being emotionally distraught over Yeah, he was mad. I mean, obviously, he, that's what made him take up the blade, but even that anger was kind of more subdued, at least from what we saw. And then now we're getting to a point where he's actually kind of, you know, all of that time of him kind of living on the fringe. It feels like the embrace of that little girl sort of is what opened the door for him to kind of come in and be like, oh, you know, this is humanity. This is when the human sad this is what they do. You know, it's all of those years of just kind of living on the fringe. And now he's on the inside. It feels like with the this real-
3: chapter. The real son was the warmth of human love that we had all inside of us.
0: (laughs) So I I definitely liked that reading on his character where it's like, he's this legend. And so far we've seen him as acting as this legend. who's just, I mean, basically he was just kind of a human sword when you think about it. Yeah, actually. (laughs) And then then when now it's just this chapter that the sword, now he's dropped the sword part and he's human.
1: Yeah. One other interesting part about this chapter is that uh, during the actual fight with uh, Musan, we noticed that Yorichi uses the red blade. And I think in our last discussion, we were wondering, okay, how can they actually damage Muzan in this fight? And I think the solution is right here, the red blade, because it's actually damaging Musan. Okay, true. Intense. Yeah, that's
0: right. That's true, and he made sure never to fight Yorichi again, as as said in the chapter, because he knows if he meets up with somebody with the Red Blade again, then he's probably gonna get his shit added. He's probably gonna get his shit pushed in. So that's the that's an, that's an interesting way of doing it too. I also, I mean, that's interesting too from the point of view of Muzan. You know, he blatantly appeared in front of Yorichi like, "Hey, let's go," and then he gets wrecked. And like he doesn't make the effort to come back and be like, oh, I'm gonna get revenge on that guy. He can't do that to me. He was like, Nah, that I'm good. I'm yeah, good.
1: he knows when he's beat. Yeah, he just he runs away and steals his
0: bro. Yeah, it, it <laughs> he's like, I, I kind of like, I, I'm not, I won't say like, but it's interesting from a point of view. Moves on as, and it kind of completes this image that we have of him, which is I wouldn't necessarily call him cowardly, but he's definitely how do I put this. I, I guess as Lum said it, it's a thing where he knows where he's, he survived this long cause he's smart uh, and mm-hmm. not because he's the typical villain who was like, who might've just been like that. You beat me within an inch of my life. Well, I'll show him. <laughs> no, he's like, no, nah, once was enough for me. Uh, I'm good. Um, yeah. He's a I'm demon. He's an I'm, exactly. I, I'm just going to go somewhere. Let this guy do his thing. I'm going to do my thing. And that's going to be it. And I, and I find that interesting. And that's, that's, for how he survived so long, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. He's very calculating in that way. He weighs uh, the pros and cons, the benefits of any course of action, and then acts accordingly.
3: He has a very utilitarian mindset. I um I wanted to bring back Lum's comment about the way the lighting worked, and, like, the, the use of, like, white space and then, like, dark colors when the backgrounds were introduced, because most of the conversation was happening, like, the only background we really saw uh, after the the, the fight was just like the what's it called uh is it like the shoji like paper like walls or whatever uh
0: ah uh, yeah i know what you're talking about the folding not the tatami um yeah i know what you're talking about I know the Yeah, is yeah, yeah, basically like right the out. like the walls of the mansion
3: and like where they're sitting at um and then after that like the whole there's like no backgrounds it's just them like speaking and then As soon as he lifts her up and he looks at her in, uh, like, the skies in the background and you get to see, like, the clouds, Um, then, like, the lighting gets more dramatic as you see, like, a shadow, like, covering, like, peering through the the side of his face as uh, he's starting to tear up. And then that's when we see, like, uh, Sumiyoshi's wife coming from the forest and then, like, that one panel, the middle panel of page 17, where the light of the sun is just, like, beating down on him as he's like holding uh the daughter like tenderly it's so good and then like turning all the way around to like uh like a forward facing shot where you see like he just has his head down like i just i love that it, it it looks so cinematic and it's so like i just i just love it like the way that the lighting changes and then uh as soon as uh the moment happens like we we, we start filling in the backgrounds because it's like he was so he was so isolated like like, mentally and emotionally, but, like, now with, like, embracing the warmth of another of another human, like, now it's, like, his surroundings are coming into view and it's, like, now he's actually in the world now.
0: Yeah. I, actually, I really love that reading of it. Like, even though he's sitting there talking to Sumiyoshi, which it would even make sense as to why Sumiyoshi's just kind of, like, I don't know what to say, because, like, it feels like he's come there to talk to Sumiyoshi, but he's not talking to him, he's talking at him. He's yeah. just, like, Rattling off the story like you would, like he's just having a free thought on his own. Assuming Yoshi just happens to be there, and so it's like I'm not sure what you know. We've probably all had that situation where somebody's talking, they're not talking to you, they're talking at you. So it's like, okay, I'm not sure how to respond to this because. Um, so and, and I find it really interesting. I, I like that reading a lot. Then it's like the moment that this little girl kind of opens the door into this world forcefully, even. Like and Samyoshi's so, know, she's like, hey, could you I mean, then that bro- that kind of forces him to be like, OK, well, she would like to be lifted up. Could you maybe oblige? And then then, of course, that the background kind of filling in as he picks her up and it's like, oh, now he's in our world again. So and one thing I really like, too, is just the wife comes up and there's no like there's no awkwardness or anything. She just comes up and just says, hey, hey, don't cry. Don't be sad. Hey, let's eat something. I just love that. There's no awkward. like why why is he crying? What is he doing? Honey, why why is that guy in our front yard crying? I mean like (laughs) there's just she just doesn't miss a beat. She just comes in and it's like, listen, it's gonna be okay. She doesn't she has no idea what he's been through or whatever. But she's like, Listen, we can eat, we can talk, hey, it'll be okay. Don't be sad. I'll make you something really nice. And I like that. I really just like that. Like that. I mean, it's such a small little character. It's a. Def- we don't know much about this lady other than that, but it's a really good defining character moment of what kind of person like Sumiyoshi is married to. That the first thing she says, like, "Let's eat." You don't have to be sad.
2: Yeah, it's as simple as the sentiment is. I really do think it's very poignant. Like Yurichi has been, uh, a, like dwelling in the these emotions of guilt and burdening himself with. Worries about what is going to happen in the future because of letting Muzan escape. Like, the potential consequences, the losses of life that will happen in the future. And he thinks that it's all going to be his fault. And he's just, he's just kind of consumed by that. And then, you know, just this simple reassurance that I'm sure it'll be fine. To me, that just stands out as, you know, don't lose yourself in those, like negativity and just kind of look and be a part of the world and see and enjoy life. And I thought that was kind of a really great message from this chapter.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree. Yeah, I agree with that too. It's just, it's just such a simple sentiment and it's not, it's not belabored. It's not, it's not thrown at us or, you know, it's, it's just there. It's just in a very simple and, and it's portrayed in a very natural way too. Again, this lady has no idea what he's been through none and she probably and she's just saying that as simple hey that's just what you do and and again that's another just human thing that maybe it's just that maybe that's something he's never experienced either which is just somebody she doesn't know what's going on but she knows hey this person seems to be in pain let me reassure them you know all i can do is give you some food and give you some reassurance but if that's all i can do for you then at least you know you you are welcome in that sense Like, without missing a beat, I just, that's something I didn't even think about when I was reading the chapter on my own before the show, and it was only that we re-read it that 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 occurred to me that, you know, I feel like in another situation, there would have been like, you know, I'm not sure what's going on, or should we talk to him, should we touch him, what, you know, what's going on, but without missing a beat, this woman just says, you don't need to be sad, don't worry about it, we got this, we're here with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, this was just a really great chapter.
0: I say it's a really human chapter
3: yeah yeah
0: yeah I, I enjoyed this like
3: uh even, even though it's like like uh V Lord said it's not like a like a, a significant amount that we got from it like at least uh lore wise or even just like happening um like that emotional uh like catharsis and is like what like,
0: yeah I mean, it, it again, it, yeah, I, I'm pretty much just going to echo what everybody else has said, but I mean, I feel like it was an important chapter, even if it wasn't necessarily a plot relevant one. I mean, we got enough, so it didn't, even if even if there were no discussion of Muzan or anything like that, the fact that now we've been able to humanize Yorichi a little bit, I think that is well worth it, even if there was no plot at all in this chapter.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, it's one thing to just dump info at us, but like... It's important to convey why should I care about this, and that's what this chapter did,
0: yeah, exactly, yep. exactly. We got some more we got enough pertinent information that, yeah, you know we can kind of get you know more of, more of a direction of where the story is heading, but at the same time, it was all humanized in a way that didn't feel like you know, well, it's just a sheet of information it's a grocery list with no connection to why should we care about this that we definitely now that you know, I feel like Gotogate definitely gave us a reason to care.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess looking to the future, do you think this is the end of the flashback or do you think uh we still have more story to tell in like Sumiyoshi's body?
3: I feel like we can go uh, either way.
2: Tanjiro hasn't figured out his breakthrough about how to master the fire breeding, so that still needs to happen.
0: Exactly. That's what I was about to say. I feel like there wouldn't be much of a point of ending the flashback and going back to the present if Tanjiro's still basically almost dead. Even if somehow they've managed to get Yushiro out to revive him, if he comes back and he hasn't learned anything, then, you know, we're we're gonna be right back in this spot or maybe worse. So I feel like we're gonna we're I may maybe the flashback won't end with Tanjiro coming out like, you know, super powerful. But I feel like he's gonna get a clue to kind of work towards getting you know, that 13th form that he wants.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think, at the very least, this flashback's gonna go for a little bit to see, like, when Yorichi gives uh, Sumiyoshi and the Kamado family, like, the dance of the fire god, or, like, the basis for it.
3: Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, like, I I feel like he doesn't need to specifically uh, like, observe and, like, learn it, or anything. uh, Because I feel like if anything if he gets like revived or whatever and he ends up Tanjiro's speaking of he, he ends up uh going into the like the the see through world state um he'll know what to do like on the spot because that's what happened to Yorichi. cuz he said he didn't complete the forms until that moment when he saw Muzan in that state so maybe it'll be like the same kind of like flash of inspiration that moment
0: yeah yeah no i i, I agree with that i mean i feel like that could be tacked on to what I said, which is like, I feel like he'll get a hint and then maybe, yeah, he'll then maybe, then going to what you said, I feel like once he has that hint and then he'll see the C3 world and be like, oh, okay, that's how it works. And that'll that be what we, you know, end up I mean, I guess a little bit of me too almost feels like, I wouldn't say that Tanjiro shouldn't take on Luzon, but I feel like that would be, I don't know, I, I I guess I just feel a little bit funny about him going from basically not be able to touch Muzan to be able to defeat him right away, you know? I mean, maybe, maybe, I feel like, that's why I hope that if the flashback does continue, I just hope that, I don't want to go as far as saying it's undeserved, I mean, Tantra is the main character in the Shonen manga, so <laughs> it, whether whether or whether or not, it, it's likely he's going to be the one to give Muzon the, you know, going to be the one to defeat him. And especially this flashback is pretty much leading up to It's pretty much setting that up. Like this is a thing that you've been set up to do. But I just hope that at least right now, since he's lacking experience and stuff in that sense, I I just hope that through the flashback we do, even if it's just a small hint that he's able to work through it. So it feels more like, okay, he just wasn't given a one up to beat this guy. (laughs) If that makes sense. (laughs)
1: Like I feel like even when we get back to the moves on fight it's still gonna be like a team effort at its core because I, I can't see like Tandro handling the entire battle like by himself even if he gets fully healed but it, it'll be interesting interesting to see like what happens
0: yeah yeah, I mean I do get the idea that at least for now, as much as we've been saying it over the last couple of weeks that is it's Demon Slayer ending, is it gonna go on a little bit longer? I do feel get this sense from Golduke's pacing that at least they're not in a hurry. Like they're they're not being forced or paced or feeling like, okay, I have to wrap this up soon. It feels definitely like it's still it's still Demon Slayer pacing, very deliberate.
1: They're they're living up those volume sales. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I mean the new year has just started and I heard that Demon Slayer's already sold like, a crazy amount of copies this yeah. month alone.
1: It, it's continuing to make bank. Isn't it already in the millions of copies just this month alone? I think so, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh that, that's 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 successful so, and this is Goto first serialization. Like the, there, there are some there are some people who've had several serializations and don't can't even dream of these numbers.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I mean especially for a series that wasn't a hit and jump right off the bat that's crazy success story
0: yeah exactly I mean Dude, we, we we we've I'm sure everybody's heard of Horikoshi's you know from Zero the Hero story literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but like then we get this I mean not to say that he didn't deserve it or that his hard work was I mean it's great to see that he's finally made of his success but now we've got this we've got Demon Slayer that's already outpaced My Hero Academia and it's K's very first serialization
1: really makes you
3: think
0: yeah it does I mean. <laughs> I would feel like definitely the anime helped a lot. <laughs> for know. sure.
3: That's what put it yeah,
0: on the I, Yeah. Because, I mean, I feel like Demon Slayer was there beforehand. I mean, it was doing okay. doing you know, It was obviously doing remarkably, remarkable enough for them to consider making an anime. But definitely, I mean, the anime, was the thing, that was the X Factor that moved it from being another jump series to being a phenomenon.
3: Yeah. Sometimes things just line up perfectly.
0: But uh, any final thoughts on the chapter? It was good. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was again, it was such a ch- ch- very human chapter. Like, not to say that Goto Gay hasn't been able to do something like this before, but it definitely feels like we've always seen the tragic backstory from the demon side point of view, but, and we've got a couple, of course, on the demon slayer side, which, but we've never seen, it's never been like this. You know, it's always been the like, demon killed my family. So, you know. I have to kill demons now. That's it. But, you know, Yorichi's Jesus, it is more of the same, but definitely seen from a point of view where it's like, even the humans were like, dude, you fucked up. Go, go kill yourself. Like we've never, it's never been that kind of, it, we've never had that kind of, um, I, I guess, death to the demon slayer back stack stories like this.
2: Yeah. Thank God. Twitter was not around back then. Just think about all the death threats he received know, on social like,
1: media.
3: Oh, God! Hashtag
0: Yorichi deserves to die. Hashtag, Hashtag
1: cancel Yorichi. Yeah.
0: Oh
2: yeah,
0: exactly. Oh, no, that's even better. Like, holy crap, yeah, that would have been terrible. Thinking about I it too, just this your guy <laughs> <laughs> just like Yorich, can you imagine he lets Muzong go the next day he just picks up he just has his phone and he just texts Twitter and it's just a whole bunch of DMs telling him to die? <laughs> <was> <laughs> <just> <laughs>
1: imagine
2: all the very important treads people make about calling out your for his mess-ups. But the claps and everything around the very important tread.
0: And then you know you, you got the YouTubers reacting to how he fucked up. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, so I mean, it's just oh god. I'm just thinking about that and like if this was bad, at least like you know he could probably go live somewhere quietly and nobody would know him. But can you imagine if there was like social media? <laughs>
3: Damn, I'm pretty sure Muzan like, <laughs> he has he he used his demon bots to like set the. At the spark oh god
0: <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be it'd be that mem he was like you know i it'd be like yori she's like i cut that guy down he sent me this text i lived bitch <laughs> 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 so, so, and muzan would just post that on his twitter <laughs>
3: oh my god it's, uh, it's it's old hickory ham muzan <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, my, my, my feelings on this chapter are just, it was a very human chapter and I'm very much, I won't say needed, but it was very, I appreciate the chapter. Appreciate
3: like Very appreciated the chapter.
0: Yeah. I appreciated the timing and the placement of this chapter was superb.
3: Well, Marion, any thoughts? Oh uh, yeah. That, uh, Bomber got it on, like, on the dot. Uh, Zakaki. Perfect.
2: Yeah. It's another strong backstory uh, from the series. Another very emotional uh story story beat and i'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next
1: mm-hmm. okay then yeah i mean i, I agree with all of that and yeah i'm honestly just really looking forward to the next chapter demon slayer just continues to get better from its already high highs and damn it's a wild ride but for now we should probably plug our stuff and get out of here
3: so marion where can good people find you so they can find me on Twitter at microwavy the E before the V. And I'll, I just recorded today um, a new episode for Good Friends Anime Club. It's at Good Friends Cast on Twitter. And we talked about Dor Hedoro. And we had a special guest. Uh, we invited one of my friends from Twitter. Um, his name is Travis. Uh, he, he has good opinions. And uh, yeah, look forward to that. Uh, it should be up, hopefully, I, I, I don't know. I don't want to give a time to that. Probably. At this rate it'll because of like Christmas and stuff, it might be out before the New Year or like right after. But yeah. And then um I'm also collecting the Shonen Job podcast at Pindity Stones. Uh I'm on Haiku Pod. Uh we're gonna record a new episode for that soon. Uh lots of good stuff. Uh Haiku is like on fire. It's it's my other favorite series in jump besides uh Demon Slayer and Octage, so yeah, check that out. And Sakaki, where can people find you? Uh,
0: you can find me at Kirobon Twitter, that's K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N That's mainly just my personal Twitter where I talk about personal stuff um, and the occasional non-Sunday manga thing news that I any any non-Sunday mon- manga news that I manage to come upon but my real pride and joy is the WSS Talkback um, uh, that's where I talk about Shonen Sunday um, it, and try to inform people that there are series in there besides whatever Takahashi is doing, Mao and Conan. Um, right now, I guess for future plans, I want to try to have a. I want to try and shoot to have something on the blog wss talkback.blogspot.com. I'm trying to shoot to maybe have a Comi review up before the end of the year, and maybe have a retrospective of Sunday. Overall, I mean, I've got a friend that wrote, wrote up kind of sales numbers, but I want to try to turn that into maybe something a little more comprehensive as, as what we saw on Sunday this year and what we'll be seeing next year, especially since we just got two out of three new series started, so with another one coming Christmas, really, so I, I definitely want to talk about that. Um, but yeah, the blog is mainly for uh, interviews, uh, reviews of manga, and stuff like that. So definitely if you are interested in seeing what else Shonen Manga has to offer in Shonen Sunday, give us a visit. Awesome. And
2: Lum, where can people find you? You can find me at Lum Ramayasha on Twitter. And there's Alon romance in a variety of places like Animation, Revelation, and Analysts. Wherever there's Alon Romeo, that's where you can find me. I also write reviews for all-comic.com. A lot of manga and movie reviews. And we have a stack of books and DVDs in front of our desk right now. So you can rest assured that you'll be seeing a lot of those coming out in the near future. For sure. But I mainly am known for being the host of the Manga Mavericks podcast, which you can find on Twitter, at Manga underscore Mavericks, where a podcast that discusses manga as both a medium and an industry. We've had a pretty great year of episodes uh, that include interviews with professionals working in the manga industry and several series retrospectives. And if you're interested on more thoughts on Shonen Jump series, then you can look forward to a special episode we'll be releasing on our Patreon for our Patreons. And that's, uh, Patreon slash manga so you can find that. And at the $5 tier, you get access to our bonus pods. And our bonus pod for this month will be a lengthy rundown retrospective of a bunch of Shonen Jump series from 2019. We discussed how we felt about them this year. We're going to, we were joined by Maxi Bernard, a freshman after victory, a resident Shonen Jump guru, and we discussed a whole ton of series and what we enjoyed about them, what we liked about them. So you can look forward to that coming Very soon. You should listen to it just to hear what word I said instead of cumulonimbus in the Dr. Stone discussion, so look forward to that. I
1: am very concerned.
2: (laughs) You should also listen to it to hear V-Lord's thoughts on Hinamaru
1: Until you kick me out of the room.
2: Yeah, because you were ruining the podcast. Wow, wow. Marion, <laughs> you should hear what he had to say about Haikyuu. It was Ooh. very heretical. I,
1: I said here, what Sumo does stuff that Haikyuu will never do. Well, that's a statement that I can agree with. Yeah, that's what I thought y- you would say, so... Yeah, there, there. You happy, love? He said it in a much more disparaging way towards Q.
3: Okay, I'm gonna have to listen and, uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just, uh imagining all the haikyu fans are going to hunt me down <laughs> it'll be a fun time it's okay then uh, then you'll have your haikyu redemptionary right? yeah yeah totally do i get to play beach volleyball though
3: oh you you would be surprised that shit is
1: fire anyways definitely follow all three of these people they're all amazing um as for myself you can find me on twitter at VLORDGTZ. um i'm usually posting about whatever i'm doing whether it's Not sleeping, reading manga, reviewing stuff, or all three at the same time, please send help.
0: We've tried, but he refuses to listen to us, so don't send help. It's a waste of time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it it really is. (laughs) But you can find my more manga-focused reviews over on all-comic.com. Like Lum mentioned, we have a ton of stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, the second half of December and January especially, so look forward to that. I also have an interview up with the illustrator of Monogatari Vofan. Uh, I got to interview him at Anime NYC. It was an amazing experience and uh, I got to ask some really cool questions, so definitely check out that interview on the website as well. And as far as uh, other stuff goes, you can find my Moritonami Focused reviews and articles over on tanamifaithful.com, so check out those too. And as far as the podcast is concerned, you can follow it on Twitter at D Slayer Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash demonslayer podcast, and you can also check out our sub page on tanamifaithful.com at tanamifaithful.com slash podcast and uh, we kind of just post uh, whenever the the new episodes are up and then various Demon Slayer related news and stuff like that and as far as like actually actually listening to the podcast goes you can find that on a wide variety of platforms, Spotify Apple Podcasts you name it, we're probably there, so definitely just look us up on whatever service you use to listen to your podcast and you'll definitely find us So that about does it for this episode. So we will see you guys later.
0: All right. Take care, everybody.
1: Good night. Sayonara.